Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. Jumpstart is the place to begin when you're ready to commit to yourself and jump into your healing journey. Learn step-by-step how diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes can get you on the right path. You'll be thrilled to feel your energy return, brain fog lift, acne begin to clear, and so much more. Visit PCOSDiva.com slash jumpstart for more information and to get started today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. When I wrote my book, Healing PCOS, I began with a chapter called Think Like a PCOS Diva, because in my journey, I found that it was very difficult to build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle and then go on to eat like a PCOS diva and move like a diva without a healthy mindset. We need to believe that we can, and most importantly, deserve to feel better. We need to move away from a victim mindset. We need to stop fighting with our bodies and partner with our bodies instead. We need to move from lack thinking to a more abundant mindset, and we need to stop striving for perfection and realize that we are enough, even with the acne, the weight, the hair issues. And as I was researching ways to continue to help and guide PCOS divas to elevate their mindset, I recently stumbled upon the work of Michelle Chalfant and I knew that I had to have her on the PCOS Diva podcast. So Michelle is the founder of The Adult Chair. She's a licensed therapist, holistic life coach, author, podcaster, motivational speaker, and the developer of The Adult Chair. It's a transformational model of self-realization. Her work has helped women and people all over the globe improve their relationships, become unstuck, and develop healthy self-love. So I'm really honored to welcome Michelle to the PCOS Diva podcast. I'm so happy that she said yes to my invitation. So thank you, Michelle, for being here today. Thank you, Amy, for having me. It's an honor to be here with you all. So I... Uh, a, a team member actually told me about your website and um, your work, and I was um, really blown away with how you have created a process and system to really work through a lot of these mindset issues that I just mentioned. And mm-hmm. I would love for you to share, um, you know, first a little bit about your story. Um, mm-hmm. I know I. Actually, I'm just going to quote this from your story because it really resonated with me. And then you can go on and share that with us. But you talk about how your struggles are not who you are. 
We're not mm. broken. We don't have to live from our wounding. Knowing that is knowing that is where the journey of hope and transformation begins. And that just really resonated with me because that's how my journey began. And I just think that you have a lot of wisdom to share with us. Mm, thank you. Yeah. So you would like to hear a little bit about my story and where, how the adult chair came to be. Is yeah, please. Okay. okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. So, um, I, um, what I, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to really shorten it for you, Amy, but basically grew up, um, feeling probably in high schools when I realized, you know, something's not quite right. You know, I had a lot of negative thoughts about myself, a lot of ruminating negative thinking. I got into to drinking like all my friends did, but kept going with it. And then also got into drugs in high school, just pot. I was a big pot smoker and excuse me, in college. And what I realized I was majoring in psychology. And what I realized is something inside of me, and it was like a secret. I didn't feel like um, I fit in. I felt like I was damaged goods. I felt like there was something just wrong with me. So I'm a seeker. And I was just began this journey of how do I figure out how to not feel like I do? Because I just don't feel good. And of course, going through a psychology degree, I realized I think I might be depressed. This might be what's going on. I didn't even know until I was going through the program. So I just, and back in the day when I was going through my program, this is a long time ago, there was not as, there were no therapists on every corner. There was no Google, there were no laptops. So I had to figure it out on my own. So what I did was I've always had this burning desire inside to find truth. Like what, how do people truly heal emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of it. I wanted to deeply understand it. Excuse me. Um, so I started again, went out, I got my uh, psychology degree. I went on and got a master's. I became a licensed therapist and I took just about every training you could ever imagine. Anything I could get my hands on, I wanted to learn. And what I realized along the way is, even though I'm an adult, even though I physically look like an adult, inside I didn't feel like one. And what I learned along my journey is I wasn't the only one. <laughs> it was like, wait a minute. Even though you know I'm in my 20s and, and then 30s, I was like, wait a minute. I, I sometimes feel like a much younger version of myself. So after taking all these classes and courses, and I was getting better for sure along the way, um, I just sort of cobbled together based on classes and mentors. Um, I had a mentor that was doing chair work one time and loved how she presented the chairs. And I said, oh my gosh, this is what we're all looking for. We're all looking for how to be healthy adults because who wrote the manual on that, Amy? I mean, there isn't one manual for how do we become healthy adults? How do we live with boundaries? How do we live with presence? Nobody teaches just that concept. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to run with it. And that's really this whole adult chair model is based on how we become healthy adults. How do we live as healthy adults? It's based on three very distinct parts of our growth process, which is number one, when we're children. So the child chair, that would be from zero to six. That's where we learn about true emotions, true needs, um, intimacy, and excuse me, intimacy and vulnerability. And then from about the age of six to 25, we live in adolescence. So pre-adolescence, adolescence, post-adolescence, post we're learning all about the ego. We learn about, this is where we learn about codependency, perfectionism, people pleasing. We learn to become someone that we're not. 
we learn how to wear masks during this phase. And then hopefully if we had parents or caregivers that really taught us how to be healthy adults around the age of 25 and older, we slide quite naturally into what I call the adult chair. That's the healthiest version of self. But what I found over 25 years of being a therapist and a coach is most of us don't have it down 100%. There are certain areas where we, where we lack. So we live as physically healthy adults, but we show up sometimes and quite often at a, as adolescents. So that's what the whole model is about, is about you can take any issue that you're going through and plug it into this model and then learn oh, wait, this is what I need to work on. I need to work on boundaries. I need to work on processing my emotions. I need to work on presence. I need to work on story busting. Um, so you'll find out what you need in order to be a healthy adult. And when we live as healthy adults, we live in what I call in our adult chair. Mm. And what you said, I had to write this down. You said, how do people deeply and truly heal? Mm-hmm. And I know so many of us and I, myself included, I just wanted a pill. I just wanted the doctor to give me a pill to make these bad, um, you know, symptoms go away. Um, you know, certainly I have struggled as a lot of women with PCOS with anxiety, Mm -hmm. depression, and boy, it's just, it's really easy to think that a pill is just going to make this all go away. Um, but then when it doesn't, then we're forced to look outside of um, that sort of mainstream medical paradigm and realize there has to be another way, but we're never really given a framework or a way to move forward. And I think like a lot of us trying to piece things together, but I think I love that you have really created a framework um have you've done the hard work for all of us so that we can then um kind of plug into your your model with our um issues and kind of work through them within your framework so that that's just amazing um Mm. i was wondering if you could uh walk through maybe one of those mindset pieces um with PCOS Steve is that we often struggle with um, in your adult chair model and just kind of show us what that might look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to talk about some of the, the common, yeah. the most common, and I'll talk about how I'd plug it in? Yeah. So I think a lot of um, women with PCOS feel like a victim. Um, mm-hmm. they feel like, you know, why is this happening to me? Um, I want somebody to fix it. Uh, you know, why do I have to live this way? You know, have to change my lifestyle and all of my girlfriends, um, you know, they, they can go and eat what and drink and live how they want to live and they don't have to deal with this. It's kind of this woe is me pity party and it keeps you stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I've actually worked with clients that have had PCOS as well as cancers and, and mm-hmm. various ailments um, and, and, and diseases, I would say. And you're right. Like we fall into that victims, what I call the victim chair. You know, it's like, oops, we're in the victim, which is part of that adolescent chair. It's mm-hmm. part of the egoic structure that throws us in there and says, now I'm a victim. You know, why me? Why is this happening to me? Um, So what I suggest that we do with that is turn toward that part. 
you can't numb it out or we can try to numb it out. You know, sometimes we drink wine or alcohol or whatever we're doing shopping, those kinds of things will numb it out, but it's temporary. So if you really want to transform this part of you, and I really consider the fact that as humans, we have many, many parts to self. So the victim is something we honestly all have, but it gets activated because various things happen in our lives. So someone that has PCOS might fall into that victim chair, turn toward it. What does that victim part want you to know? What's going on in there? Give it a voice, journal, write it down. Give, give it an image. What does your victim part look like? Everyone has a different looking parts. So what does it look like? So when you get to know it, it starts to transform. It's kind of magical. I, I'm, it kind of blows, blows me away. I've done this with clients for 25 years, all of the different parts within self. The more we turn toward and get to know, the faster it can transform. And what we want to do is not come at it from a place of like, why you like this? You know, I'm sitting in my adult, the woman I am today, the age I am today, and I'm looking at this part and I'm asking it, hey, what do you want me to know? I know how you feel. Tell me, tell me more and write it down. And you, you can build a dialogue with this part of you, or you can close your eyes and do this work. If you don't want to write it down, you can draw a picture of what it looks like. So we have so many inner parts. And anytime we do this work of working with that part is how we transform it. But it's all about turning toward it, Amy. You got to get to know it to change it because you can't Uh, numb these parts out. They just, they don't go away until you give them attention. That's what they want. And, and I think um, it's also important to really um, think about that PCOS diva version of yourself and what does she look like? Um, And in one of my programs, um, we do a visualization, you know, what is she wearing? Um, what shoes does she wear? Does she wear like slouchy, um, you know, mom sneakers or does she wear like really pretty, pretty, um, cute ankle boots, you know, like really dial in to, um, what that version of you, um, what you're like sitting in that PCOS diva chair. So I, I, I love that. I have to tell you, so that would be the part of us when we're in the healthiest version. So maybe have a dialogue when you feel like you're in that diva and then from your diva perspective, talk to the victim perspective, talk to that victim part from that perspective, those where you want to come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is, that's great advice. Um, The other thing that, you know, I know you do a lot of work around getting in touch with your inner child. And I have found that a large majority of women with PCOS have had some type of childhood trauma. And I know for myself, I, uh, my parents divorced when I was four years old. And I know that that really um, played a role in the the expressing of my genes for PCOS. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, that, a child trauma played a big part in my health. And um, how would one go about kind of working through that in your, your model, you're in, in the child chair? I, I have to say, I agree with you. I don't feel like physical manifestations in the body are random, 
but I also don't want anyone to ever blame themselves because it's never about Mm -hmm. blame. The body is just reacting to things that it might've experienced a long, long, long time ago that you have forgotten about. So it's never to judge, never to blame anybody, but it is to raise awareness. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I would say is um, when we work with the inner child, man, that is the foundation of this whole model. That's the child chair. We want to get in touch with what's going on with that part of us. It's the younger version of us. It carries a lot of information. So how we do the inner child, again, it's just another part of us. So we close our eyes, we drop down deep inside. We ask ourselves, hey, what, you know, what's going on with this younger version of me? It can be anywhere from, again, around the age of zero to six. So it might be your one-year-old that shows up, or it might be a five-year-old, but it's the part of you that really wants and needs your attention. It's got information for you. And I know when I've worked with people and we do this very powerful work, oftentimes, as you've probably found in your own journey, Amy, the physical body starts to shift, but we've got to go do that work. So working with that inner child is, is one way to do that. So again, you can journal with this part. You can imagine her in front of you, you can um, do a guided meditation. And that's what we were talking about before. I've got that beautiful inner child resource at the adultchair.com forward slash inner child. It gives you two guided meditations with, it guides you through, or I guide you through, how do we connect with this child? And then the first one is bonding with the child. The second one is letting go of all those negative beliefs around yourself. Mm -hmm. So it really clears us out emotionally, energetically, mentally, of this old wounding. So yeah, so turning toward that part of us. And sometimes what I like to do with my clients is I will have, again, I would say, get the diva to start writing and say, hello, younger me, you know, what would you like me to know? And then take your other hand and answer. So it's like you write with your dominant hand from the diva perspective, and then let the inner child part answer with your, with your opposite hand. That's a really cool thing to do. There's so many things to do. Yeah. Lots of really fun things to do with the inner child. Um, But yeah, the inner child really can unlock so much. The inner child is where all of these emotions within us are. So even when we sit in victim, when you mentioned the victim prior, um, what's underneath that victim? Like what's inside of it? What's underneath it? And sometimes, you know, when I worked with clients, I'm like, so you're angry. What's under the anger? No, I'm just angry. No. I would wonder, is there something under it? Let's just get curious about it. And when they drop below it, they're like, oh my God, I didn't even know. I don't feel worthy. So I would do the same thing with victim. What's under, what's under that victim? What's inside of your victim? What does the victim make up? So it's again, getting to know these inner parts. Same thing with inner child. I love to ask the inner child this question. What do you want me to know? Because again, these parts have information and they want to share it with someone that can, that can be there for them. And if you're in the diva seat, man, you're going to be able to say, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. Thank you. And you're just thanking that part. Sometimes the inner children, part of us are angry and that's okay. We just listen as if they're our own child and you listen and you're present with them. And then they start to transform. It's incredible work working with that inner child. Mm. And this is where, when I was just talking about everybody's looking for a a pill, it's that realization that you are the magic pill. And it's by doing this kind of work that, as you said, brings true healing. Um, Yes. 
I, and, and I just want to reiterate the um, resource that you mentioned, I will put it in the show notes and it's a free resource. I actually just downloaded it yesterday. Um, I'm looking forward to, to going through um, steps to connect with your inner child, um, how to continue with the relationship. As you mentioned, two beautiful meditations, downloadable, downloadable journal prompts. That's mm-hmm. always my problem with journaling is I just can't go and just free form, right? Like I really need those prompts. So that's super helpful. Um, So I encourage you, you know, listeners to download that guide. Um, I'll tell you just a quick story. Uh, I I was talking to a client of mine and we were trying to work through um, why is it that she has so much resistance around meal planning? and, you know, making dinner and sitting down at the table and eating a delicious, beautiful, healthy dinner. And she came to this realization that as a child, dinner time was not fun for her because she had, um, had to sit at the table with her mother and a stepfather that was very kind of nasty to her and nobody spoke but they were all sort of forced to sit and eat at dinner together. And it was like this aha moment that she needed to do the healing work around that inner child and dinner time so that then she could like move forward with a healthy relationship with, with dinner and realize how integral it is to her healing process and kind of get rid of that roadblock. I love that story. That's so powerful. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So I would say there's a resistant part, go work with that or talk to that inner child part. You can do either one or both, but again, it's turning toward that resistance and not turning away, not trying to force yourself to make dinner or sit down at a certain time. It doesn't work. It does not work. You've got to go in. And then what you're talking about doing, which I love is Really what we do is we want to re-educate those parts that are within us. And we say, hey, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I just want you to know, you know, the year is 2021. I'm this old now. You know, I don't even live with my parents anymore. You know, dinner can be lovely now. And I just wanted you to know, and you can come join me next time. So mm-hmm. it sounds crazy because we're mm-hmm. talking to these like, you know, imaginary parts, but this is powerful work. It transforms us. It is truly, it it transforms us inside to out. And the, and and just listening to you and the tone and, and the language it's filled with compassion and empathy. Um, And Mm -hmm. so many of us, that internal dialogue that's going on is full of self, um, I don't know, self-hate. I mean, Mm -hmm. hate's a really strong word, but um, disappointment, judging. um, How how do you coach and work with your clients to change? It's sometimes that that change in tone is such a radical change. It just feels so uncomfortable. Yeah, (laughs) I've got a um, something that I've shared before. I'll I'll share the story of what I call Feral Michelle. It was this, I remember one day I got up and I was really angry. I was angry. So of course I sat with it and I said, what the heck am I? I didn't even know where it came from. I was like, why am I so angry? 
And I sat with it and up came what I call, I've labeled her now as Feral Michelle. She was this wild little girl. She was 12 years old. And she reminds me of from, oh my gosh, what's it called? Is it called Lord of the Lord of the Rings? That little guy um, <laughs> that lived by the river that had the oh. ring. What's his name? I can't remember his name now. You know how I'm oh, talking about. I know who you're saying. Go- Golem. Yes, Golem. Golem. Yes. Like, come here, my pretty. That's how this girl, this 12-year-old showed up. She had, <clears throat> excuse me, hair in her face, drooling, sweating, swearing. And I walked up, you know, I don't remember how old I was, but the woman I was today. And I walked up to her and I said, hello, I'm wondering why you're so angry. And she came running up to me right in my face. And she's like, F you, I hate you. I'm so angry. Remind me of Gollum again. But there was like a, um, a chain around her ankle. And so she didn't, she couldn't touch me. She came right up in my face and she was spitting at me. And I said, okay. I said, what are you angry about? She's like, I hate you. I hate everybody. And I said, okay, thank you so much. for sh- Thanks for sharing. And I just sat there and listened. And I said, I'll be back tomorrow. And she's like, don't do it. Don't come back tomorrow. Okay. So then the next day I came back again. Anyway, I'm going to make a long story short. It took about three or four days. And every time I came back, and I think I checked in on her a couple of times a day. Every time I came back, she was morphing. So the next time I went back, she wasn't drooling and her hair wasn't so nasty. Her hair was a little bit better. It looked like it had been washed. And then the next time she wasn't dirty and her clothes didn't look so tattered and torn. And then the next time, anyway, so by the time I was done going back to her, she turned into this little girl on like going to church on a Sunday in a little in a Sunday dress. Like she was like three years old. So that was underneath all of this anger. And what was interesting, Amy, is I didn't even need to know where the anger came from. I just had to get in touch with it and it wanted to be witnessed. That's Mm -hmm. it. It just needed to be witnessed. There was nothing to do with it. Like you said, there's nothing to fix. There's nothing to fix. These inner parts want to be known. So when we have that childhood wounding, these inner parts are sitting there waiting. They're waiting for someone to tend to them and they're waiting to be witnessed. So when we show up and we just say, what do you want me to know? I'm here for you. And I love you even. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they may be angry. They may cry. You just never know. I mean, you never know who's going to show up and how these inner parts are going to react. But I promise you this again, I've done this almost 30 years now. I will promise you this. These parts eventually will come around. It might take one time. It might take four times or 10 times. They will come around and they will eventually morph and become integrated into yourself. And they won't be angry. They won't be in the victim seat. They won't be overwhelmed. They won't be any of those things. They'll be more integrated into self. And then when you show up like that, then you're able to live from this diva perspective, this healthy adult, this living in your adult chair is what I call Mm -hmm. it. And when Mm -hmm. we live there, we live with presence. We live with, we are story busters. That's something with PCOS, Oh my gosh, we fall into story. We, this is diagnosed or this happens. And then the ego kicks in and says, well, now I'll never be able to get pregnant. Now this is all we have to watch those words always and never the absolutes, right? Mm -hmm. From our adult chair, we witness that though. We witness those words and we say, wait a minute. What from our adult, we live present moment. It's present moment awareness with fact and truth. If people are listening to this, if they could just live like that, 
that alone will change their life. I hear this all the time. Thank you for helping me just to step into the moment and reach for fact and truth for right now. Because fact and truth right now is I was diagnosed with, let's just, I'm giving an example. I was diagnosed with PCOS. Okay. What else? That's it. (laughs) Like that's Mm -hmm. it. But the mind will make up stories or assumptions that say, I'll never have children. I'm never going to have a baby. I'm da, da, da. You know what I'm doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just keeps going on and on. We've got to become story busters and say, wait a minute, let me come back to moment. What do I know that's true right now, right here in this very present moment? Well, I, I've been diagnosed or I had a miscarriage or whatever it might be. Okay. It doesn't mean I can't try again. So we want to be in the moment with whatever's coming up, live, live with fact and truth. And again, feel those emotions, let them process through you. You know, we don't know as humans, we're not great at feeling our emotions. We don't know what to do with them. We numb them out. And it's so important that we sit and allow these emotions to come through us. And when we don't stop them, they can literally process through in 90 seconds. But what happens is we make up a story around the emotion. So this is never going to stop. You know, the, the mind starts talking, you know, there's dialogue around the emotion. You've got to stop the dialogue, breathe through the emotions, let yourself cry, let yourself be angry, let yourself do whatever you want to do. Get on the floor. I remember with clients, you know, they'd say, I'm just so damn mad. Okay. What do you want to do? I just feel like stomping my feet. So I'd get up and I'd stop my feet. What else do you want to do? I had one client where she said, I just want to, I just want to put my head in your lap. I'm just going to cry. And I said, let's go. Like, let your body do what it needs to do to process these emotions. I'm so glad that you said that because I was going to bring that up about how hard it is for people. They avoid feeling those feelings. And I think that's why so many um, of us haven't done that work in the the child chair um, because we don't want to feel those strong emotions. Um, and you're, you're absolutely, I love how you said 90 seconds. And I think of it as, you know, and I tell my clients, think about, uh, a toddler temper tantrum, you know, you cannot sustain a toddler temper tantrum for much more than 90 seconds, right? Mm -mm. It's gonna, it's like a, there's a, a beginning, um, you know, a crescendo and then it, it disperses. Um, and it's just like the, the feelings. And, um, I have a 12 year old daughter right now. And yes, some days when I pick her up from school, she's a little bit like Gollum. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know, in my, um, because some, if I wasn't now is comfortable feeling my feelings. I, I, what it's taken a long time to get here. I think it wouldn't be comfortable for me to be able to just sit there and give her space to cry, to be angry, to whatever have you for a 12 year old girl after a a long day of seventh grade. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's, and I could tell you, it's almost like a temper tantrum. It only that, that really strong emotion lasts about, you know, from the time we, we drive home to school, maybe sit in the driveway and tap, chat a little bit longer. And then by then it's dispersed and she's ready for a snack and, you know, to, to, to do whatever. Um, but so I think it's so good to even to give, um, 
you know, our children and our spouses, that space and not try to rescue them um, yeah. from their feelings as well. But we, we don't know how to do that unless we know how, what to do with our own emotions. We yeah. get triggered. We, I watch this with um, parents, like if their kid is off or not having a good day, like you said, with your daughter, if we don't, if we aren't good at, at processing our own emotions, we run, we rush into fix. We tell, we want to make them feel better by fixing and that does not help. Or we get triggered mm-hmm. and then we shut it down. We shut them down because again, because the only reason we do that is because we're, the emotions within us are rising up and we don't know what to do with them. So mm-hmm. if we could just fix what's outside of us, then we'd feel better. But if we are okay with our emotions processing through us, we don't, we're not, we're triggered far less. I speak from experience on that one. And also we just can allow our kids or whomever around us to have emotion. And we just sit with it and we go, all right, I'm here for you. And, and just witness it. Most people, most all people want to be witnessed in their pain. Mm. That's it. They don't want to be fixed because when we can witness someone, that person then has the opportunity to really walk through that pain on their own. So it's not to abandon them. It is to be present with them in it, but they just want to be witnessed. Like your daughter just wanted to vent, you know, just wants to, most people just want to vent. Can I just tell you what happened in my day? Absolutely. I'm here for you. Boom. And then they say it and you're like, great. Is there anything else? Nope. Is there anything that you need from me? No, I guess not. Okay, great. Moving on. We just got to get it out. And then you move on. Yeah. You you need to make a social media image of that. Most people want to be witnessed in their pain. Yes. Um, They don't want it fixed. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I've definitely, I've done that one in the past and that is a very powerful one because we don't know how not to fix. Most people say, well, men fix. No, no. Women fix too. We're fixers, you know, like that's what we do. So for the woman and, and, you know, so many, and I have been so guilty of this, especially in my twenties, stuffing my feelings back down with food. And I think a lot of women with PCOS have done that. Um, Any other tips to make, to be more comfortable with sitting and feeling the feelings and letting them move through you? Yeah. So here's the thing. When, when, when people try to dive in and go, okay, I think I'm having an emotion. Let me just feel this emotion, you know, and then it doesn't work right away. And they, oh, I don't, uh oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm not doing it right. And then we go into judgment. Start out instead getting curious. This is what we do from our adult chair. Get curious around what the physical sensation is that you're having. That's it. So you don't dive right into feeling emotions, dive into, not dive in, but get curious about, well, I notice, you know, when so-and-so said that to me, I notice I have a little twang in my stomach right now. I have a knot in my throat. Close your eyes and be with that. And I promise you again, it will morph, but sit with it. Don't change it. Don't do anything. Don't shove it down. Just allow it to be there and watch it and watch it and watch it. And then it it might move. It might change. It might get bigger and that's okay, but it eventually trans transforms right out of the body. So start there. And when you practice that a few times, you'll start noticing, wait, this is so weird. I kind of feel fear. I feel unworthy or I feel like I don't matter. That's so interesting. Don't judge your emotions. It's just an emotion. 
And again, get curious about it. When they start coming through, you feel them and move on. Journaling, I mentioned journaling before. Love to journal. Journaling, like you said about the journaling prompts, once you get going with journaling, it pen to paper opens up a doorway into the unconscious mind and it gives all these emotions a place for them to go, a place for them to land. So start writing. You just start writing. You can say like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to write. I hate doing, I don't want to do it. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden emotions start coming through. You start gaining a new perspective, which is what we're, this is what we're looking for when we're in a bad place. We want a different perspective. Journaling does that. Mm-hmm. So love journaling. So, so when you were explaining kind of getting back in touch with your 12 year old, you were doing that through journaling or meditation. Um, yeah. My okay. feral Michelle, you mean? Yes, yes. Okay, so feral Michelle, um, I, I felt really angry and I just closed my eyes and I imagined, I said, what does this anger look like? Boom, and I'm very visual and I want people to hear me say this. Not everybody is visual and it's okay. You may not get a visual, but you may hear words. You may feel something in your body. So do whatever works for you. Um, so please don't judge if you go, oh my God, I didn't say anything. Well, maybe that's not how you're, how you were born. You know, not everyone is a real visual person. Um, but again, then go with the sense or go with hearing. But for me, I just said, uh, who's so angry? What part of me is so angry? And that's when that came up. Mm-hmm. I just closed my eyes. I was sitting there and it just can't, she came up in front of me and mm-hmm. I walked up to her and I just witnessed again. I said, what's going on? You're very angry. And she was, every other word was an F-bomb out of her mouth. She was really (laughs) pissed at me. I said, okay. But the other thing that I do with my inner parts when they come up, and sometimes I don't do this all the time, but when I feel it, and I might've done this with her, I just look at those parts. I go, hey, I just want you to know, I really love you. I really love you. And they, I remember with her, she's swearing back at me. And I've had other parts that swear at me. That's okay. It's okay. I just let them get swear because they always change into something else eventually they always do. And I really can use that word always. I've never had a part stay angry ever, not working with a client and not working with myself in 25, 30 years ever. They will change. Well, especially if you give them love, right? I mean, love, love is the most powerful emotion and, um, yeah, if we're not feeling love, we're in the illusion, we're in the ego perspective. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's a distraction from who we really are. Yeah. So we got to get back to, we want to integrate these parts. And that's what this whole process is. The adult mm-hmm. chair is really a model of self-realization. We're realizing all of our parts that are fragmented mm-hmm. and by loving them and witnessing them and sitting with them, we pull them back into the whole true self. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. And then when we do that, we're living in that adult chair again. So, um, Yeah. So, okay. So if you have resonated with this podcast um, today and can see how this work is just really so integral to the healing process, you have to check out theadultchair.com and Michelle, tell us more about your resources. Yeah. So um, something I love, and we do this, we've done this, I think this is our fourth year every November. This is a free event. It is the 30-day journaling challenge. It will help you to transform, again, inside out. If you want to transform your reality, you've got to go inward and you've got to learn how to process what's going on inside and really learn how to sit in the adult chair. So what I do for 30 days 
is send out a new journaling prompt every single day for 30 days. So again, for people that don't like to journal and don't know what to write, it's phenomenal because you get a real hefty prompt, prompt and I get you going. I get that stream of consciousness going. And what's so beautiful, Amy, is when we get the stream of consciousness flowing through our writing, you would be amazed at the intuition that comes through, the mm-hmm. guidance Like for someone with PCOS, it's like, wait, or anybody, but I'm going to use this specifically for an example. You might have an awareness through journaling that you've never thought of, but because you're in this beautiful stream of writing, you've got, you've got answers that you've been looking for. And there they are right in your words, right in front of you. Mm -hmm. So that's it. That's at the adultchair.com forward slash 30 days. And that's the number 30. So the adultchair.com forward slash three O D A Y S. And it starts November 1st. Um, and it's for 30 days. And then the other one was um, the inner child, which is the, the adultchair.com forward slash inner child. And the last one would be, of course, the adult chair podcast, um, right? This is what I do. I talk about how do we live as healthy adults? How do we live in our adult chair? How do we live from the healthiest version of who I am? And that's, that is the adult chair podcast. And you also have a book too, I think. I do. The yeah. adult chair book. Yeah. That's, a, that's a guide to loving yourself. And the book is a, really, it's, it breaks down how, or what these three chairs are all about. It's like, this is the child. This is what the child is all about. The adolescent, the adult, and then how we get in that adult chair. Yeah. Well, I am just so happy that you said yes and <laughs> uh, came on and introduced us all to your um really amazing process, the adult chair. So thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks for having me, Amy. Thank you very much. And thank you everyone for listening. I look forward to being with you again very soon. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at PCOSDiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.